friends, welcome to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT Tuesday. Forgive me, I know the What's Right Show yesterday was on hiatus. I was uh, delayed in my travels uh, coming back from Florida. Uh, I'll tell you more about that in a bit. Um, I just, look, um, yeah, we had the storm. I want to first and foremost get to this issue of Biden Uh, going to Maui. I told you last week that he was going to do this, uh, mentioning, of course, to you that he was right here in Nevada vacationing up in Reno. Uh, Over at, well, now it's in the public domain, so I'll I'll talk about it, but it's Tom Steyer's house up there in um, Lake Tahoe. Big fancy place, $18 million house. Right before Biden went there, he was over in... um, you know, over at his beach place, yeah, having a beach vacation. So it went from that trip, he went out here to Nevada, and then uh, flew in for a day of visits in Maui. Now, you've no doubt seen a uh, number of reports of residents being less than pleased with the presidential visit. And I want to remind you, you got to put this into context. These are folks, this is a heavily, heavily Democratic area. So in, in, you know, in Biden land, this, you know, visiting Maui is not like visiting East Palestine, Ohio, okay? These are, these are you know, by and large, uh, you know, politically reliable folks out there. But they are absolutely beyond themselves furious over the administration's response. But I think particularly irate at Joe Biden himself. And these are, in a, in, a, in a world of politics, completely unforced errors. I mean, it is, it is unbelievably hideous the way that Biden has conducted himself in the, well, in the, in the last days, you know, following the, in the aftermath of this, this, uh, this incredible fire uh, in Lahaina. Uh, so I, you know, I, and, and, and the, his comments, I, I don't even... I'll explain them to you because you know, I've had everybody reaching out to me. What Did you hear what Joe Biden said? So he goes out there. He's meeting with survivors of the fire. And, and, and to put this into context, you know, it is very likely that more than 800 people have perished uh, in this disaster. That is uh, an enormous loss of life. I, this may be the single... I mean, is it? I, I believe so. It's a single, uh, producer Robbie can fact check this for the single greatest loss of life and single incident since 9-11 in the United States. So this is not, you know, this is a, this is a big deal. And Joe Biden goes and meets with visitors and it is unbelievably tone deaf what he says. Now, everybody's come at me with this and said, what, can you believe what Joe Biden says? My answer is Yes. And then invariably, most of my, my, my friends that have been, been, been calling me, even some of you, emailing me, Sam at SamAndAshLaw.com, have been emailing me, telling me, Sam, what you, this is just this is an example. I just totally lost it. He's got dementia. Now, hear me out on this because this part is important. How much of this is dementia? How much of this is just plain old Joe Biden? Because I, for years, have never been impressed, particularly with Joe Biden's intellect, his ability to connect with people. I've always found him and believed him to be a, an aloof politician, right? 
Whereas, and, and by the way, and, and not particularly bright. You know, you can take a guy that's aloof. Like take Obama, for example. The guy was, you know, was, was a very removed and elitist kind of guy. And, he, you know, while Democrats can get away with it, they've got the cover of the media. They can be, they can be aloof and elite and they can be superior to everybody else. It's perfectly acceptable. If a Republican does that, of course, um, you know, they're, they're a spawn of Satan. So, but no, but Obama was aloof, but he was absolutely no question about it. He was a very, he was a very smart guy. Biden is a low IQ individual. So when you mix in with it a little bit of, uh, you know, dazed and confused and, and maybe he didn't take his dementia meds or as, met, as much of them as, as, he, as he ought to have, you're going to get a combination of old Joe and adult Joe. It's not good, folks. It's not good at all. But if you took somebody who as a baseline was a decent human being, as a baseline was a smart, capable, uh, well-spoken individual, you wouldn't have had this result. Take a listen. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday. And lightning struck at home and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, <laughs> and my cat. But all kidding aside, I watched the firefighters, the way they responded. Okay, I mean, and it goes on from there. I mean, it's, this is a disaster. This is, objectively speaking, a certifiably terrible thing to say. But you have to understand that he has a history of being completely detached. He has a history of saying completely asinine things. You know, he, there are clips of him uh, on the floor of the Senate many years ago describing African Americans um, in terms that I, 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 I can tell you, uh, if a Republican were to use that kind of language, uh, would be scrubbed from civil society. You have to, you can't just dismiss this as dementia. That's giving the guy a pass. He is, he is not just cretinous. He's not just, you know, losing his marbles. But he, he what, what is, now that the protections are being stripped away, the true individuals coming out. And it's not pleasant. It's not nice. He's objectively not a good person. I... I I mean, I, should I play it again? I mean, you have to understand, people are, 800 people are likely toast. You're not going to, okay, maybe, well, because we have an official death toll, right? We have an official death toll, and we still have hundreds of people missing. The likelihood at this stage, Maui is not big. The, the, the west side there, that northwest side of the island where Lahaina is, where this fire was located, is not huge. All right, we've had people, we've had first responders on the ground for a while now. We, we uh, correct, this is, not, this is not like the, you know, when Canada's on fire. You know, this is a small area. Certainly relative to, to, to I mean, I, the, the, you're, you're not going to suddenly find a pocket. Oh, whoops, well, there, oh, well, there's 200 people we didn't know about. And I'm not, look, from the very get-go on this thing, I've told you this was going to be a huge story. I've told you. 
that the other side would try to paint this as somehow in, you know, a component or a part of the environmental crisis. But it's that, by the way, that logic's so indefensible that, you know, the, the, some of the, the folks on the, you know, the, the, I mean, even, even the LA Times journalists aren't, aren't going there yet. So, uh, I, you know, but, but the, the federal response under Biden has been pathetic, has been absolutely woefully inadequate. And the locals are feeling so. I, you know, I have a number of clips, as no doubt you've seen, circulating uh, in social media and, and elsewhere, uh, of, of people greeting, lined up and greeting Joe Biden's motorcade um, as it passes by and giving the middle finger and yelling obscenities. I'm not going to play the audio for you because basically the whole thing would be bleeped. But I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I think that is has less probative value into understanding where people in Maui are where people in Hawaii are, even in areas that were unaffected by this. Because I think listening to, to Biden's own words and being able to put yourself in the mind, I'm, I'm doing this right now, in the mind of somebody that voted for him, and the guy shows up, the air is still thick with the smoldering remains of your friends and family members, and he's talking about almost losing his cat and his 67 Corvette in a little kitchen fire. There are no words for how awful this is. It is a complete disaster. And now, now I believe it's obvious why they were uh, telling him to just say no answer because they, they weren't busy programming the animatronic, you know, doll that is Joe Biden to get him. To, and this, the, you can just see, he was going off script. He was, he was riffing. And you could just see his aides in the back of the room turn ghost white. Whatever the whitest white is, they turn, they were bleached, okay? And, and the all color draining from their faces as, as the boss is saying this. It's absolutely horrendous. People have had enough. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Folks, I'll be back in a moment. Don't go anywhere. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Sam Marjofsky here, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian behind the What's Right Show microphone. Uh, friends, great to be back with you here. Uh, forgive me yesterday for being off. Uh, did a replay. Uh, sometimes I got to do that when I'm traveling. I just, you know, it's it's busy over here. What can I tell you? I, um, well, <laughs> I'm no, look, I'm not just going from vacation to vacation, though. I got things going on. I'm not Joe Biden. So Joe Biden parachutes right into Maui yesterday, the fallout of which I think will reverberate for uh, many months to come. May, in fact, have an effect on the race. Uh, but I, I'll talk a little bit more about those those optics in a moment. I um, I want to point out that while he was staying up in, and now it's all public, so I, well, I have friends that are, let's say, neighbors— of sorts in the same general area as where uh, Biden is uh, was and is vacationing up in Lake Tahoe. And it's Tom Steyer's house. He's a big-time Democratic donor. 
But Biden's got himself into a little bit of hot water there with the local authorities. Did you hear about this? <laughs> well, okay, well, here's, there's a constant push and pull when you've got, you know, presidents and other, you know, politically prominent, you know, well, I'll say not politically prominent, prominent political figures, but it's true for all political figures, when they accept lodging from wealthy friends and donors. You know, I uh, well, Obama got away with it. He was always on Martha's Vineyard before he bought his own $15 million, $20 million compound. Obama was always vacationing at homes that were, you know, were, were borrowed uh, from friends. And, you know, and the thing is, 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 um, is it's, you know, it, it happens. All right. Clintons did this. Republicans do it, too. But in order to well, avoid the appearance of sort of, you know, nefarious conduct, particularly right now, the Bidens are a little sensitive to this, as you might imagine, given they're no strangers to accepting freebies from powerful, wealthy individuals and nation states. <laughs> they went to great pains to say that they rented Tom Steyer's house for fair market value. Okay, so they rented a house for fair market. Well, the problem is, is that you, if you're going to operate your house as a short-term rental in this particular area here of Lake Tahoe, you got to get permitted, right? You have to get, and this is, this is normal. Generally speaking, you know, a municipality can't prohibit you from renting a, your property on a, in a, on a monthly or annual basis, right? Long-term rentals versus short-term rentals. And, and we're very familiar with it here. Uh, in Las Vegas, certainly there's a there's a short term rental. Uh, you know, there's there's legislation here that you know prescribes certain rules for owners of properties if they so choose to rent their properties short term. In fact, I'll tell you, I've got a I have a condominium on the uh, an apartment on the Strip here in Las Vegas, and one of the nice buildings. And you know, it's. I, I, look, uh, we we can't rent it out. We don't live there full time, but we I, we cannot rent it short term. The minimum RCCNRs prescribe a minimum, uh, you know, month rental. And now with Formula One coming into town and the prices are just insane, and we got a big nasty letter from from our HOA saying, "Don't you even think about it." And here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna report you to the we're gonna report you to the cops. We're gonna here's the fine that you're gonna get. Um, and, you know, and, and basically, I mean, it was the riot act proactively making sure that none of my neighbors would be renting their units, which I like, of course, because maintains the neighborhood. So the the, the area here uh, where this was is Douglas County, might I add, heavily Republican. So, so uh, Biden, you know, jets in, of course, the Secret Service is there weeks ahead of time to secure everything up. So the cat's out of the bag. Everybody there knew Biden was coming. And of course, because I have, well, I have some spies on the ground, I knew that as well. Now, I've, I'm not here to out Biden or create problems for any of the neighbors and whatnot, so I'm, I'm keeping it, you know, under my hat. But nonetheless, now, now the code enforcement people are out going, well, Biden says he's renting it for fair market value. He's not renting it for more than a month. He's not, you know, he's not a long-term resident, so he, he's... <laughs> Tom Steyer, who, do, who the hell is Tom Steyer? Who does he think he is? Does he get to break the rules just because his guest is the president of the United States? Now, see, all of that would have been avoided if Biden just said, yep, I got a freebie for my donor. <laughs> he, he, yeah, 
And and what is fair market value? By the way, what's fair market value on an eighteen million dollar house in a you know in an area that has you know some some desirability, right? I mean, it could be. And I would make an argument. I mean, this would be you know a couple you know, twenty thousand dollars a day, a night potentially or more, uh, depending on the quality of the property. Hunter Biden is there too, so this thing just gets better and better. That guy, they, it's like a cold sore that you just cannot get rid of. And Biden, look, bless his heart for being a loyal dad, but this is, but I, you know, that, that, that story, by the way, that's how it's being presented. The loyal father. So he's dragging the political liability corpse of a son with him. I know Biden has his own political liabilities, but, but, but no, but it's, it's, you know, Hunter Biden right now with the deal dead, with a special counsel assigned who, yes, not the right guy, absolutely not qualified according to federal law. The special counsel code prohibits somebody who's already within the U.S. government, let alone inside the DOJ, let alone the actual prosecutor who had for five years been looking into the alleged conduct and underlying conduct which resulted in the calling of the special prosecutor, all of that set aside. There is a special prosecutor. The deal, the plea deal, the sweetheart deal is dead. And so you've got this guy who is, you know, is in a, in a lot of ways a dead man walking, uh, potentially, right, uh, on a, you know, legally speaking, is is now is, is being dragged around by his dad, the president, and, and everybody's going, well, you know, Jeremy Biden's a loyal guy. And, and, I, uh, is there fatherly, fatherly love involved? Yes. Uh, do I have a son? Do I understand somebody? Okay. But I also think, you know, keeping, you know, I'm telling you, Biden right now needs to keep Hunter so close. He's got to keep all, you know, <laughs> all of his eyes on him at all times. Because if Biden, if, if Hunter goes rogue at this point, if, if, if Hunter goes off the reservation President Joe Biden is toast. He's gone. Because what it, my takeaway on his disastrous appearance in Maui and the fact that so many people on the ground are just like, you know, uh, over him politically, I, I, the only way that Joe Biden really protects himself at this point is to be politically strong. Right to be, you know, a, 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 not just a presumed, you know, undefeatable front runner in his own party, which I don't think is is a you know is, is presumed at all, you know, outside of you know outside of the of the very positive speaking, you know, the, the spokespeople for the Democratic Party, it is not presumed automatically that Biden's going to be the nominee. So he is politically weakened, but he needs to be politically strong to beat this. And the other part of this is he's, he's got to keep all of his co-conspirators in line. And remember, Devin Archer, right, the, the other guy in the Rosemont Seneca deal, he's already gone rogue. He's talking to the Republicans in the House. He's, he's sitting down and having interviews with Tucker Carlson. Yeah, but might, might, might be going to jail or prison for a year, but he's certainly has said a lot. And as a consequence of being incarcerated, will be readily available should anybody... Uh, you know, from the law enforcement side of things, be be wanting to talk to him. So all of this matters. All right, folks, I got to run. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. Don't go anywhere. Be back in a moment.
Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840-KXNT. Friends, great to be with you. Forgive me again yesterday for being off. Occasionally, I got to take a day and uh, when I'm on the road. So I was, I was out in Florida, which, but ironically, right? I'm, I ended up going to Florida to hide from a hurricane. I mean, let, let that, let that sink in. I no, I was, I was out in Orlando. I, I people would say, well, "Where are you from?" I said, "Well, I'm in, I'm in Vegas," and. And they'd say, well, oh, I've heard you guys are having a hurricane, which, of course, is funny because in Florida, uh, particularly, you know, yeah, this, this, this uh, the, the west, you know, east side, excuse me, of, of the peninsula, they get a lot of hurricanes. Orlando was hit, what was it, Ian, last year? Big storm. Nothing quite like what hit Las Vegas, although, you know, I've, you know, the, 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 some of the video coming from Mount Charleston, I know there's been extensive flooding. People have... Uh, no doubt been harmed by this. Uh, but the storm wasn't as bad uh, pretty much anywhere as it was feared, as it was feared, right? Because we, it could have been even a Category 2 storm um, hitting, you know, hitting the United States. Southern California, it seems, was, for the most part, fared well. I've spoken to a number of people that I know in Palm Springs, in that, that area, Cathedral City, Indio, Palm Springs proper, a, a ton of water because the storm sort of actually didn't hit the coast as as badly as people feared, right? People were worried Catalina, you know, the island of Catalina that's off of LA, um, LA and Orange counties there uh, in the Pacific Ocean, about 35 miles out. Um, I understand it was even evacuated at one point. There was an evacuation order. I mean, this is big people, they didn't think they were going to, they, they thought they were going to lose power. Odd stuff. So it, more more or less kind of a, a nothing thing. But I want to point something out why this matters politically because I was carefully observing the governor's response, right? What was what was what was the governor of California doing? And I'm looking at everything he does right now through a lens of are you or are you not a well, let's say a a potential Democratic <laughs> candidate for government, uh, for, for for president this cycle. And, um, and of course, what, what, what Newsom did is he did, I, I think he conducted himself absolutely correctly. He expressed concern, held a press conference, declared a state of emergency even before the storm uh, hit. You know, I mean, he did almost everything the exact opposite of what Biden did. And this is where... This is why it's so important to understand how big of a giant mess up, and that's putting it lightly, but how terrible the optics was. First off, Biden, you know, week one, he goes, no comment, no comment, then expresses concern, but it's very scripted, then goes out, you know, interrupts his vacation. Everybody knows his vacation. He's up in Tahoe. He's having a great time. He's at the beach. Photos exist of him at the beach. He's riding his bike. He's just... He's in vacation mode, right? But he leaves that. He gets on Air Force One. He flies out to Maui. 
giant motorcade, big show of force. It's always a bad look. I understand, folks, right, that the president has to travel like that. I get it. I don't want it any other way. I don't want our nation's enemies to be able to take out one of one, our, our sitting president. I don't care who he is. So that's not my point. My point is the decision is made to travel there, and and I'm consistent here. I was not one of the conservative hosts out there knocking Biden for not going to Maui. In fact, my commentary on it throughout, well, since the beginning was, wait, 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 don't go. Don't give in to the people that say you've got to show up because you're just taking away from, from resources. There are people that are still, you know, I guess theoretically still looking for survivors, although that's, unfortunately, I believe that's, you know, if at this point it's a recovery mission. So I, I was not one encouraging him to go. Nonetheless, he goes. He, he shows up the full force of the, you know, all these, all these police officers, local, federal, Secret Service, everybody shows up, motorcade. And what you have is you see this embodiment of an individual that is ensconced in safety and in privilege and in power. And you see that at a moment of powerlessness of utter um just nakedness in the in the most primal sense right you if you're a survivor i'm you know you're, and you're watching it and your home is gone your neighbor is gone your cousin that lived a few blocks away you haven't heard of since the day before the fire your kids teachers are dead that's your life, right? Everything you knew, your entire town is gone. Your community is destroyed. And the president of the United States shows up like, you know, just like a conquering emperor almost, driving into that with all the safety you wish you had, but don't. You've literally been stripped of it in a, in a, snap, of your, a snap of the fingers. If I was advising a president, if I was, I mean, I don't, you just, this is a terrible look. And, and it's very different for a governor to show up than the president. And it's precisely because of all of, um, well, I'm not even going to call it theater, but the actual pomp and circumstance that is the Secret Service, that is presidential travel, vice presidential travel is, you know, ditto, uh, same thing. Um, you know, a governor shows up and he's got, you know, he's got his protection details. He's got a couple of plainclothes cops, cops with him, generally speaking, right? Certainly here in Nevada. Um, so the governor can show up in jeans and boots and, you know, and, and, and it's a very different thing. The governor of Hawaii could show up and it'd be very different from Joe Biden showing up. Now, before all this is breaking, I mean, this is just a little sampler here. Here's a Maui resident talking about, uh, you know, wanting Biden to show up and, and I think this is what he reacted to, and, and, and he got goaded into it. Oh, this is yet another unforced error in my view. Right now, the Maui community is helping the Maui community. And I'm, I'm really, I'm, it's really affected me because where is the president? He decides to come here this week to come here next week. I mean, like, where, where, where? Aren't we Americans too? Like we're part of the United States, but why are we not? Why are we getting put in the back pocket? Why are we being ignored? Well, 
you know, I, I think if Biden had been able to express concern right at the very beginning, had deployed federal resources in the very beginning, had a Department of Homeland Security, for example, um, had, you know, not Mayorkas, who is um, <clears throat> who ought to really be a character on Sesame Street and not not in a serious Homeland Protection, uh, you know, cabinet level secretary position, if if Joe Biden actually put people in positions of power based on their capability and not based on their last name, their ancestral heritage, and the color of their skin, sexual orientation, etc., right? This thing would be looking completely different. And that's my, you know, that's my just, my, my common sense button on all of this, right? I look at this fire, played for you the clip of the Maui water guy talking about water equity. The same guy that for five hours as this fire raged refused to release water because it's not within the allotted guidelines and this is our sacred water and this is what we have to do, right? One of those cretinous libtards, right? <sighs> then you have a environmentalist wackos out there who are refusing to trim bushes and trees and, and you know and, and, and want conservation efforts and natural habitat and all this stuff. You have the electric folks that refuse to upgrade anything because they're wow, lazy and just, you know, whatever. Eh, we'll do it. We'll do it next year. You've got this perfect storm of ineptitude, of Democrat-run madness. You have something that was avoidable because it was man-made, right, ultimately. You've got an enormous amount of loss of life uh, to the point now. I mean, it's. I mean, start confirming it because it's. I. I almost. You know, I almost feel now that they're. I realize that they have to go through and identify folks. I, I understand that, but they also. I, I really believe are. Um. I mean, they're just. They're just. They're. They're slow playing this because the authorities are. This is going to be. Uh, this is the authorities know that all hell will break loose when this becomes an official number. And on top of all of that, then, not just the local Democrats that they keep voting for over and over again, that they are take that the party takes for granted, right? That's just okay, it's a democratic stronghold. So we're, you know, there's no accountability, there's no competition, right? You run as a Democrat, you win. Why would they try? They don't have to try. They've got job security. So that's some of that laziness comes from that, right? And then along comes the Democrat president. With his, with his politically correct affirmative action, you know, squad of nimwits, and, and they don't do anything. At what point are you sitting there as a lifelong Democrat going, everything I thought I knew is messed up? How do you think all those rich people in San Francisco and Santa Monica and California were like, we're Democrat? I thought that, you know. I understand, I understand that Biden's not going to send help over to the hillbillies in East Palestine, Ohio. You know, screw those people, those MAGA guys. <laughs> but I thought he liked us. I thought we were, I thought, I thought, you know, the state of Hawaii, they're his people. I mean, I, what, what is this? Never underestimate 
what it's like to be hoisted by your own petard. When you create a system that rewards, that rewards inefficiency, that rewards ineptitude, that puts people in positions based on how they look and not what they do, eventually that system will eat everyone in its past, will destroy everyone, and what party affiliation you have and how loyal you are to the revolution won't matter a hill of beans. All right, taking a quick break here. Sam Murchowski, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Here's a story I filed away over the weekend as I was preparing to do my show and fortunately couldn't get to Monday's program, so that's why we had to do a replay. Forgive me, folks. Sam Murchowski, News Talk 840 KXNT. You can always reach me, Sam, at samandashlaw.com. Sam at samandashlaw.com. Those of you who have reached out to me, and I really do try as best as I can to respond to every single one of you uh, when you do email, and, and I'll, I'll sometimes even respond right on air as I, as I get your email. So please don't hesitate to uh, send me your comments, and I'm uh, very pleased and grateful to each and every one of you for uh, being such a wonderful audience uh, here uh, for the What's Right show. We are, you know, we're a family. We're starting to get there. You know, it's been a few years. We're just, you know, we're just, you know, we're getting to know each other. But I want to tell you, it's a, uh, one thing that is abundantly clear to me is that there's a lot more of us out there who think the way we think, who believe what we believe, who have old-fashioned principles sometimes is what they're called by those who disparage us. But, there's, we're out there, and knowing that we're out there, that's one of the primary purposes of this program is to unite us, not just here in Las Vegas, but beyond. As many of you listen on the podcast, What's Right Show podcast, uh, wherever you get your podcast, different ways, certainly Apple, Spotify, uh, the Odyssey app, but, but we, you know, we're, we're all connected here. And so whether you're here in Las Vegas or listening to the program Digitally, somewhere beyond the valley, we're grateful to have you, uh, and you mean the world to me. So please do reach out with any questions, comments, or concerns. Sam at samandashlaw.com. Now, the story I was I was just starting to mention here is the uh, Charles Gasparino piece in the New York Post. Uh, money trail can expose Biden family cover up, and this is this is exactly what I have been saying now for for weeks, if not months. The money trail does not lie. In a modern banking system, in a world where you have you know, electronic transactions, and by the way, a check, even a cash withdrawal or a cash deposit, those are all tracked. Those are, those are all recorded. Those records are maintained. They don't expire. They don't disappear after a certain period of time. This is, it's a heavily regulated industry, banking. So this um, the idea that this cannot be gotten to the bottom of is 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 notable. I, I now I had an opportunity here. I was talking to some political types over the weekend and spent uh, what I think was very, some very interesting conversations about state of affairs and um, even with some folks that uh, feel very differently politically or oriented differently than I am, which is always, by the way, very interesting. And I am. Um, I, I, you know, the, the, to the disbelievers out there, I'll tell you this. So I, first person here uh, perspective on this. You know, I 
was talking to somebody who was, you know, who was a, a, not a necessarily a fan of Biden, but very a, a big Democrat. And um, and he's there's nothing there, right? Standard response, right? There's nothing there. Talking about the scandal, and I said, okay, I'll tell you what. And then I go into the banking thing. I said, well, it's it's either there or it's not there. Would you not agree? And I got him to agree at least on that point. Now, why is that significant? Because the next thing I say, and what happens if it's dispositively proven that these Rosemont Seneca funds came to Biden and that the payments were timed to coincide with that? Well, they they're that doesn't matter time. They they coincided with certain favorable actions taken by the office of vice president on behalf of the people that sent those payments to Hunter Biden, to Devin Archer, to Rosemont Seneca Partners. And then, of course, you know, by way of simple gratuity to Joe Biden or Jill Biden. What happens then? And that's where things got a little silent and kind of some eyes, you know, uncomfortable shoulder shrugs. Because I, you know, if if you're, uh, I'm a lawyer, so I'm, but I'm trying to put this in terms where, you know, everybody can understand this, even the Democrats. I go, yeah, so we're, maybe we're not yet to a Perry Mason moment. Like maybe we're not yet to a place where we are, you know, where we are, we are, you know, able to just, um, I don't know, um, just easily, you know, prove, okay, this gotcha, but we're going to get, we're getting close. And that moment's either going to come or it won't come. And uh, connecting the money trail is what's important. And it goes through a number of this, this piece by Gasparino goes through a number of examples in, in history where crimes are built almost entirely based on finances. Now, if David Weiss refuses to indict or conducts a whitewash of this, and at the same exact time, at the same exact time, the Republicans, in their parallel investigation with with much of the similar powers that Weiss has, right? They've got the power of subpoena. They can call witnesses. They can put people under oath. They have investigators. Much of the same powers that Weiss has as a special prosecutor or special, special counsel. The Republicans get to the bottom of it before he does. That's the peril, right? Now there's now there's a jeopardy to the deep state. And the deep state will have to figure out, you know, who they're are they willing to give up Joe? Are they willing to give up that dirty, nasty Hunter Biden guy? Are they willing to give up the Bidens to save themselves? See, folks, it's gonna get interesting here. Anybody that tells you that it's all a foregone conclusion about how this all goes is, I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't have the answer to. I can't tell you how it's going to go, but I'm going to tell. But I'm definitely letting you know that within the halls of power in D.C., there is a concern of what happens if the Republicans hit pay dirt and expose what's going on before before the special counsel does. And worse yet, what happens if the Republicans uncover evidence that proves that Weiss, the DOJ, and everybody were complicit in covering all this up? Now, I think circumstantially already that case is made. I have no doubt about that. And if the media weren't complicit 
uh, you know, and we're partners with the Democratic Party, we would certainly already have this be thoroughly reported. But it is beginning to creep into reporting even in the mainstream media, particularly, I think, Catherine Herridge uh, over at uh, uh, CBS and some, some others are, are starting to talk about it. And it's cracking. But I think the crack expands into a full-blown gushing geyser of a, of a, of a catastrophic leak at the precise moment that the deep state decides that all these nasty FBI types, DOJ types that are in there that, are, that were protecting Joe to protect themselves now realize that they need to dump Joe in order to protect themselves and save themselves ultimately. And that's where it'll all get very interesting. All right. At top of the hour, man, an hour just like that flew by. Sam Berjovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Welcome, friends. Great to be with you. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. Well, listen, I don't want to... I don't want to pat myself on the back too hard. I just, I want to point something out is that I I get ahead of things before they become, uh, let's say I'm, uh, you know, mainstream thinking or even in the mainstream, uh, you know, discussion. And one of the examples of this is this store in San Francisco that I think is, is this is a, a cautionary tale to every single one of us across the country, particularly here in Las Vegas. Now, last week I mentioned that there was a storied department store called Gump's. Now, I think I've been to the store maybe once or twice in all my years of going to San Francisco. It's kind of a bougie high-end store. Gump's, 165 years in business. They put, put up a sign, you know, saying, we're done. We're out of here. We can't do this anymore because the crime is out of control. Public safety, people shooting up, uh, you know, heroin, right, whatever they're doing, drugs right in front of the store, uh, criminals coming in, looting the store, police not doing anything, our political system's broken, we've got, you know, the, even the new, you know, the, the DA, for, for they're not prosecuting low-level low level offenders, the California state legislature has basically uh, legalized theft up to $1,000, all those things, right, litany of it was this was like Martin Luther, you know, nailing the uh, his theses to the to the church door there in Wittenberg. So anyway, I um I, I I'm just I'm pointing this. So this this was I was talking about this last week. Well, he's the the, uh, the owner of the store has made huge news, and he's made huge news because he's made an offer. He's thrown down the gauntlet to the mayor of San Francisco, and it's it's. Well, he's basically proposed to um, he's he's proposed to uh, trade places with her. That this is this is fabulous. And here's his here's his thing. He says, "Listen, let's switch jobs for six months. You come and run my store, and I will run the city." Now I'll tell you this is a as a let's let's just for a minute suppose that it is a serious offer, okay? Because I think what 
any business owner, many of you out there own businesses, small businesses, big business, doesn't matter. You, you own a business and you, you know the, the, just the horror of imagining a liberal left-wing politician who's literally done nothing of particular value in her life coming in and running your business for six months. You might not have a business. So it is within that kind of that, that thinking, that concept, I want to, you to imagine. Here's a guy who knows he already doesn't have a business. It literally couldn't get any worse. He would rather have this wretched woman run his company that's going to go out of business regardless and have a crack at six months of running the city of San Francisco and cleaning that mess up than staying in the status quo. And this now has exploded into a major news story because other people are kind of throwing out similar, similar things to their uh, left-wing Democratic Party liberal overlords. I saw Kitson, a store in L.A. Who, that, uh, you know, during COVID was very outspoken. Uh, Black Lives Matter as stores were being looted in Beverly Hills, elsewhere. Shops that I know that my parents frequented out of business forever as a consequence of the summer of George. No prosecutions. Nobody got hit. People did untold damage to lives and property. Got away with it. Only thing we're talking about last two and a half years is January 6th and President Trump and all those indictments. I, okay, right? Don't want to get sidetracked here. But this, is, this ended up being a, a very big story. I am sensing, and I keep telling you this, I am sensing a, 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 a shift, a pendulum swing returning back to normalcy. And, and where I'm sensing it is, you know, I, for example, I don't think, um, I, don't, I think it's a matter of time. And, and maybe it's, look, folks, maybe it's going to be five years. But it's a matter of time before Democrats begin voting for law and order again. These left-wing let crime, you know, let crime soar, let, let, uh, let Gotham burn, liberal types. They are, um, they, they, they have, they've lost Republicans, certainly. Well, they, we never had us, right? But there were a few Republicans, including, by the way, the criminal justice reform stuff. Trump bought into it. I want to remind you all of this. I mean, Trump bought into it, was teaming up with Kim Kardashian because he's a celebrity hound, okay? He was, he was chasing that celebrity status and hanging out with Kanye and all that, okay? But he bought into the criminal justice reform, you know, and, and, and I, I'm not here to say, okay, drug sentence, you know, to 40, 50-year drug sentence, fine, okay, I, I get it. But the way the, Dem the, the left and their criminal justice reform has lost Republicans, certainly, and is losing, currently is losing independence. The entire middle of the country is horrified because they're losing their sense of security. When a political structure cannot provide security, it fails. It loses its political base. You know it's bad. Again, reminding you, and I don't have it here in my, my stack in front of me at this precise moment. Oh, it's here somewhere. The Oakland NAACP open letter. to the officials there saying enough is enough. Black lives are being threatened. Latino lives are being threatened. All lives are being threatened by out-of-control criminal conduct. This needs, this, the era of unchecked criminal conduct needs to end. We need more policing 
this is really uh, remarkable stuff. So when I say five years, you know, I, I mean, I, I think I'm being very real, realistic, and and I give you that NAACP letter as a as a exhibit in my argument, uh, particularly because um, I I think if I went to you two years ago, or three years ago, if I went to you during the black came here on on the radio and said, friends, Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk eight forty, you're listening to What's Right Show, two years from now. The NAACP in Oakland will write a letter where they're asking for more cops. And you all would have turned the channel uh, because you would have thought I was, I was uh, high on my own supply. <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> Tell me. Email me if you, if you think I'm wrong. You would, have, you would have laughed at me at the very least. Sam at SamAndAshLaw.com is the email here for Sam Rajovsky, me, the host of the What's Right Show. No, you would have laughed at me. I'm, I promise you this change is happening. But two years ago, I, was, I, I did tell you, I did say that there was going to be a reaction to this, that people were taking notes, and that you, people, the, the mushy folks in the middle— I remember saying this over and over again. I said the mushy folks in the middle, the independents, they don't dare go out there and criticize BLM because you know you're you're politically, I mean, socially at this point, dead in the water if you criticize BLM. And I'm talking about the summer of you know of twenty. You're dead if you do that. You can only do that if you're a crazy right wing Republican. But I said, I said, mark my words, none of them like what they see. Even if this violence hasn't reached their community, none of them like what they see. I remember that summer. I remember the riots, and they were under control thanks to you know Metro and everybody here. Lombardo locked the city down. It was look, you know, it was it was handled differently in Vegas than it was in Minneapolis and L.A., etc. But I remember those nights. I remember waking up every hour and checking the cameras of my business, my law firm, my building here downtown Las Vegas in the Arts District. I remember doing that. That was that was scary. Now I'm a you know, I'm a big boy and I can handle it and I'm you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a adult, you know, but I, I but I, it got in my head a little bit. I, I thought, you know, okay, so now how is how is a a wishy-washy political person, you know, politically wishy-washy person, a kind of uninformed person, how are they reacting to this? Would they perhaps a year ago have dismissed a loud bang that they heard on the street, but now are going to wake up and not sleep for the rest of the night? Will they eventually connect their voting behavior with their very real, you know, reduced sense of security, right? Their subjective sense of security is going to be impacted by all of this. When they see these things spilling into suburbs in Atlanta, for example, Charlotte, elsewhere, and they see pictures of those streets of people marching through the street basically with pitchforks and throwing rocks and sticks and whatnot, and they're picturing that happening on their street, is there something, you know, I know these people, not all of them are very logical and, 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 and connect, you know, their synapses don't always connect the cause and effect. 
But are, is there something in there emotionally triggering them to going, this isn't good? And are these people the kind of people that put up signs in their window going, we support BLM, don't burn us down. You know, please, Wolf, be nice to us. You know, this, this, <laughs> this juice isn't worth the squeeze. <laughs> don't eat this piggy, right? Put up those BLM signs. You know, you know people that did that. They literally put up BLM signs just in the hopes that their building wasn't going to get vandalized. For the record. Here at Sam and Ash headquarters, not one BLM sign. I got windows, glass, everything. I said, loot the place before I put up a BLM sign. Kiss my A money money. But I guarantee you there are people out there putting up those BLM signs and putting it in their, in their bios and everything that, that had a deep, unsettling feeling. Those people, if they're going to choose between a law and order candidate and a non-law and order candidate, I mean, they're going to they're gonna get there. Now, it didn't happen. By the way, it didn't happen in, in, in the mayoral race in Chicago, right? The, the wackadoodle left-wing, far left-wing social justice guy won the race. Good. Chicago has to burn, unfortunately. It, it's, going, it's, the price, it's the price of electing these morons into office. All right, got to run. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840, KXNT, back in a moment. Don't want to miss the remainder of the What's Right show. And it's not just on the criminal side of things, right? When it comes to safety. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. This is precisely why I'm telling you why the Maui fire is such a big deal. Because it is a complete and utter failure of a top-to-bottom Democrat-run state, country, to provide for the basic needs of its citizens. Somewhere, someplace, this is lining up, right, in people's brains. They're looking at this. I'm, well, listen, the What's Right show, we, we common-sense conservatism here, and I, Sam Rajofsky, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian. I try to, uh, you know, always look at things in the most common sense way possible. This was an opportunity for Biden to shine. But the reason he didn't, and I said this early in the program, I'm telling you, they can't get out of their own way because the Democratic Party is beholden to radical leftism. It's beholden to the type of fanaticism that now is breeding ineptitude. When the Bolshevik Revolution was underway for some years, went through uh, repeated rounds of purges, right? Not just under Stalin. This happened even before Stalin came to power. They're constantly, uh, at, at any given turn, revolutionaries deciding that somebody was not fit for the revolution was not revolution enough and it the, the system relied on terror right underlying terror that anybody at any point any time could be disposed of and in fact was disposed of for for years for decades well what did this result in you know functionally after a, a bit of a time is, is i mean people that well the, the, there's nobody capable or competent left there's a 
I mean, there's there's a, a great anecdote. It's not really an anecdote. It's just a factual history here. I mean, Stalin waged war on on doctors. There was certainly a degree of anti-Semitism involved. Nonetheless, he, he, there's a great doctor purge under Stalin, and eventually, when he had a stroke and was lying on his deathbed, I mean, there they had to pull a a top neurosurgeon from from prison. They had to go find him in the, in the gulag somewhere, you know, languishing. Because they 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 literally arrested and murdered everybody else. Yeah. The, also, of course, nobody was. I mean, the idea of attending to Stalin and, and getting it wrong, whatever that meant, uh, was a literal death sentence. So the people weren't exactly lining up to to pitch in with help. The politically correct equivalent is occurring right now under our very noses. And a great example of this is Mayorkas. I talked about him earlier, Homeland Security guy. Well, guy, he's the, he's the head of it, right? The border's a disaster. Everything that he touches literally turns into animal excrement, okay? So yesterday, he's on with MSNBC's Anna Cabrera, um, and she asks him, well, what do you, you know, this, they're trying to, you know, help out the Biden people. Like, what do you tell people who say that help isn't happening fast enough? Listen to the response. What do you tell people who feel like the help isn't coming fast enough? We have 450 search and rescue personnel. We have 40 canines deployed to help uh, identify uh, um, uh, individuals uh, who are deceased. And then we will take samples and the like. We're going door to door, trying to provide information to people. We are working with experts so that we are culturally sensitive to the needs uh, of individuals uh, on the island. We're doing everything that we can. What What in the culturally sensitive to the needs of uh, people are dead? They're Bodies are are reduced to ash. Families huddled together who died because the water guy who didn't release any water was being culturally sensitive. What the frick are you talking about? This is astonishing to me. Well, it's not astonishing, but it, it's I, they still can't get out of their own way. And a little bit like the doctors refusing to attend to Stalin for fear that, of course, you know, <laughs> they would end up being sent off to a firing squad. Uh, you have now within the Democratic Party liberal left-wing establishment a real fear of going against this type of orthodoxy. So they have to throw these stupid, you know, vapid things in at every turn because – if you don't put it there, you don't put that obligatory statement in. I mean, they, they know your their your your history. They're going to dump on you, and you're done. You're maybe not going to get shot, but your career is going to be over. They're competent. I know this. There are competent people in the Democratic Party who don't stand a chance because they're white, they're straight, they're able-bodied. They don't check any boxes. The party promotes people based on how they look. It is the most racist, discriminatory political organization uh, uh, right now. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. 
They could have competent people. They could get their things, stuff moving. They can't because the ideology prevents it. When I say that 2024 is an ideas election, this is what I mean. The only way to fight this insane is point it out and explain why they are stepping all over themselves, right? And, I, you know, the, I, yeah, Ramaswamy had a good response. I'll, I'll share that here with you in a minute, talking about the, yeah, it's a good MSNBC interview. Uh, speaking of, right, he gets on there and he says it. All right, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share that here. I got I to gotta take a break, folks. It's just, we're, we, there's a lot to cover here. But I, I'm, I, again, I told you the Maui story was going to be news, and I definitely now for years have said that there's a shift coming on this criminal justice stuff. And the, the, woke, the woke people are really not going to be in great shape. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840, KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. All right, friends, welcome back. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. Yes, this hour brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. If you've been hurt, if you've been in an accident or not hurt, in a crash, call Sam and Ash. There you go. I just, I don't know, I haven't said that before, but yeah, it kind of works, doesn't it? Get advice. The insurance company, they've got lawyers. Their adjusters call legal if they've got a question. You need to have somebody on your side if something bad happens. Get legal advice now. 702-820-1234. Not all law firms are created alike. Lawyers are different. Sam and Ash, I am the Sam, of course, of Sam and Ash Injury Law. We are a different firm. And if you are, if you enjoy any of this program, you can, I think, understand some of the differences that exist between us and some of the other guys. So at any rate, please give us a call. We've got great people here, a great team standing by to help at any given time. And, and look, you do definitely want independent advice after an accident because the insurance company, they're there to protect themselves. And that's okay. I mean, we, we're capitalists, right? We, we understand that a business is entitled, in fact, ought to be making money. But you have to understand they will prioritize that and all the rest of the stuff that they do over you and your case, right? That is not their first priority. Their first priority is saving money and having their stock prices go up. Their stock prices do not go up the more claims they pay out. Trust me on this. Now, you deserve what's right, which is why you need Sam and Ash Injury Law, 702-820-1234, or visit www.samandashlaw.com. All right, Sam Rajofsky here, your host of the What's Right Show. Glad to be with you here uh, this Tuesday. I, again, profusely apologize for being off yesterday. I had to do a rerun, was traveling, did not make it back in time. Just one of those things that happens sometimes. So it's, you know, I and I appreciate everybody uh, here on on my team and at the station who, were able to cover for me. I appreciate that uh, deeply. 
Now, Ramaswamy got uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who, by the way, the debate's on, on Wednesday. I'm going to, on Thursday, do a top-to-bottom takedown of the debate and give you all my, my insight on it. So I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm planning on that. Debate's going to be tomorrow night, Thursday, uh, here on the program in two days. I, I, will, I will go through the whole thing. Now, I'm, um, I, I, I like this answer. I just want to play because he, he's talking about Maui, which is the fire is becoming a bigger and bigger story. And just wait. Just wait for the horrific death toll to be confirmed. It's going to be unbelievable. It's just going to be shocking. And Ramaswamy is talking about climate, climate activism. And the MSNBC host, Simone Sanders, almost un, un, uh, incredulous that he could possibly say this. You can hear it in her voice. I'll listen to this exchange. You released a statement this morning blasting people, you say, that delayed the approval of extra water to fight the fires. And you link that to what you're calling the DEI agenda. Uh, so you think DEI is responsible for wildfire deaths in Maui? I think a big part of, sadly, what is responsible for those deaths, and my heart goes out to those people, I think it is shameful that the Biden administration has not done more, that they'll do more for Ukraine than they're doing for our own fellow Americans in Hawaii right now. I think that's shameful. But the reality is, what did contribute to those deaths, and this is a hard truth, is the delay in providing water despite multiple access, multiple requests that were made for access. And the person who was stonewalling it is an Obama appointee who has a worldview that is belief based on water protection. It's a climate activist. And so I think it's a sad story. Yeah, no, it, it, it absolutely is a sad story. And the climate activist, I, I was just... Yeah, I, 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 ha- I had to pull this up because I, I, I have the clip here. Have we, have we loaded it? Yeah, he, he's, he, this guy is uh, M. Kaleo Manuel. I played this last week, but I'm going to play it again because this is what Ramis, this is who Ramaswamy's talking about. And I love that he's talking about this. You have to shine a light on this. You have to show people that these radical nut job Democrats are linked to a lot of the bad that is happening in this country today. And, and this is the guy that withheld water for at least five hours as the fire was raging. And this is him talking about a year ago about some of his ideas on water. And listen to this. The commission is responsible per, per our authorizing statute to protect and manage all water resources in the state. One water is like taking it and looking at it from a holistic system perspective. You know, in, in essence, we treated it, and Native Hawaiians treated water as one of the earthly manifestations of a god and a kua kane. And so that reverence um, for a resource and that reciprocity in relationship was, was something that was really, really important to our worldview. And so I think where it shifted to today is that we've become used to looking at water as like something which we use and not necessarily something w- that we revere as, right? I mean, to me, it's a shift in value set. So really my motto is always like, let water connect us and not divide us. Like we we can share it, but it requires true conversations about equity. Equity, oh, I see, equity. Well, you know, everybody was pretty equal down there just with their houses on fire slowly burning to death. I mean, this is horrific. We ought to be talking about this guy. I'm, I'm, I love that there's one Republican candidate talking about him. Put it in their faces. Dig up these clips. 
Make him the face of this disaster. Could it have saved lives? Absolutely. Does water fight fire? I mean, I I don't know. I mean, you almost have to get that elemental with these people because that's how dumb they are. So I'm... uh, I just, you know, I'm... It's maddening, right? It's maddening. But they're also on record, and they say this stuff on record, and they go to these conferences, and this is the type of nonsense that they spew out. And for the most part, they get accolades and applause, and they get appointed to these boards, and they get into positions of authority, and then they screw the pooch. I want to be, you know, want to be crude here, but they absolutely just, they mess it all up. And the problem is, is that when they have just enough authority to be dangerous, that danger creates risk to public safety. And because public safety is one of those elements that people viscerally either feel or don't feel, right? The absence of it is the most notable feeling, right? If you're, if you're safe, if you're, if you're secure, you don't think about it. But 100% you start thinking about it, emotionally internalizing it getting stressed about it when you don't have it. And I would argue if there's any lesson from COVID, right, that the left um, or people who tend to be left politically are more emotional, are more easily scared and frightened. And now, of course, they're the ones, you know, plugging themselves into CNN every night or MSNBC. So if they're not being frightened on CNN or MSNBC, you're not necessarily reaching them. But I've made the point long and hard now that, you know, that people are spending more time. The average the average dimwit is spending more time on TikTok, on uh, Instagram, on social media than they are watching CNN. The power that these companies have is is less. And one of the things that is out there that is getting a lot of views, people are watching it, are all the all the instances of 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 discord and and crazy stuff happening on the streets of Los Angeles, on the streets of LA, right, San Francisco, New York. Crazy people that, you know, cops standing by and like, but I'm not touching that. I don't want I don't want to get sued. I don't want to lose my job. A person rape, pushing people around, yelling at people on the subway, you know, stabbing people. This violent stuff. You, you don't. You don't have to spend a long time on social media before you start seeing videos. And and so the the, the news can tell you that everything's fine, but it's not. And, and the news right now, the the mainstream media isn't reporting really on Maui in any depth. But where are we hearing everything about what's the truth on the ground? We're hearing it from social media. I hope that this concept here of public safety, of law and order, figures prominently in the debate on Wednesday night. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, yes, of course, I mean, you know my position on, on protecting kids and these issues, you know, trans issues and, and, and other, um, uh, you know, social agenda items that the, the left is pushing. I understand they're all important, right? But I think one of the key winnable topics issues, uh, uh, positions here for a Republican, not just in the primary, but in the general, is this question of public safety. I think it's of incredible importance. Um, To the point where I think now, if you're running as a Democrat, even in the state of Nevada, for example, a little more conservative, more centrist, 
Um, you know, I look at Steve Wolfson. I mean, he's our DA here in Vegas. Uh, Steve can't, you know, he can't run as a he can't run as a George Soros. In fact, he was the the left the left here. <coughs> excuse me. Ooh, got a little. I got a little taken by that. The left here went after him in the primaries. There was a leftist challenger, and I saw the nasty Graham attacks that they put. put you know, it, uh, I, you know, but but Wolfson is a law and order DA. He's a Democrat. He's a law and order DA. Yeah, people come after him and say, "What? How? Put that criminal in jail for what are you doing?" And all this stuff. He goes, "Hey, it's the law. You don't like the law? Change it. I'm I'm just enforcing the law. I'm a law enforcement officer, which is exactly what a DA ought to be." He's not somebody who's elected or appointed to change the law and overrule either, as a federal prosecutor, the entire federal uh, legislature, uh, Congress, the courts, etc. And and certainly as a state prosecutor, local county prosecutor, not somebody there to uh, to uh, to decide on his own or her own what the laws are and circumvent an entire elected state body, the legislature right here, the, the assembly and the Senate. So these are all, you know, this I think is a winning issue. We will see how prominently it figure, figures into the debate tomorrow night, but I definitely am, am going to be watching for that. All right, a uh, quick pause here. Uh, be back in a moment. Biden, uh, some rumblings again. I told you people are noticing that the scandal might be a bit of a problem. So I'll give you an example of that. From the mainstream media. Sam Murchowski, News Talk 840, KXNT. All right, welcome back. Sam Murchowski here, News Talk 840, KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Uh, friends, uh, yeah, Jake Tapper, uh, funny enough, uh, Tapper, uh, what day was this, Robbie? When did Tapper say this? This was uh, Thursday last week. Um, uh, a panel discussion, uh, he's uh, talking about the Biden scandal and the idea of corruption. And I just want you to, I want you to listen to this and tell me, honestly, tell me what you think is going on here. Tapper is a mainstream media guy. Okay, he's a mainstream media figure. And, you know, you know Catherine Herridge, CBS, has certainly said things that are similar to this. Jake Tapper, this I think is... Monumental, and I'll explain why he's saying it. Glenn Kessler from the Washington Post uh, had a fact check about Joe Biden uh, from earlier this month, um, noting that Hunter Biden admitted in court in July that he was, in fact, paid substantial sums uh, from Chinese companies. Kessler wrote Hunter Biden reported nearly 2.4 million in income in 2017 and 2.2 million in income in 2018, most of which came from Chinese or Ukrainian interests. But this, and this directly goes against what Joe Biden said in the debate in 2020 uh, with uh, Donald Trump. Trump was right. I mean, he did make a fortune from China and Joe Biden was wrong. I don't know that he was lying about it. He might not have been told by Hunter, but this blind spot is a problem. Now, now some, some folks in conservative media circles are saying now that Tapper is getting there to admitting that Biden is corrupt. I, I'm... I candidly don't think that that's the, the, the thing here. I, I, I think what you're starting to see is the media is beginning to a slow pivot to protect their own credibility, realizing they're trying to get ahead of this, right? This, to me, is an enormous admission 
the tapper believes that this um that this uh scandal this um well this this entire biden scheme from his time when he was vice president and of course his subsequent efforts to cover it up are significant right are are, are legitimate and he's well and so i mean look if you are a if you are a media commentator pontificator a leftist right a democratic party shill but you still want to maintain some of your journalistic you know credibility and safe face right if you start to see the writing on the wall you're going to start to dance around it and and they're all really concerned because nobody wants to be the first one to get out there and go you know what this guy needs to go down and as much as I, you know, I know that these people all talk amongst themselves, I don't believe that there is some central meeting where they're handed out talking points. I mean, they're all terrified of being the first one, but they're also terrified of being the last one to get on the story. And so they're all, you're going to see this, you're going to see them dance, kind of, you know, tiptoeing around the edges of this, which is exactly what Tapper's doing here. I don't know that he was lying about it. He might not have been told by Hunter, but this blind spot is a problem. Calling it a blind spot? That's going to be tough to do when the economics come in, right? When the financial records. So, so you know, what point is a blind spot, you being at the very best willfully ignorant to millions of dollars coming into your account? And then taking it a step further, can you claim willful ignorance can you claim willful ignorance if you have if you're making decisions taking action in your official capacity in a job that you have at the time that are benefiting the very people that are sending you money I, I don't know about any of you uh, good folks out there if somebody sends you a significant sum I don't care if it's a million dollars or it's ten thousand dollars significant sums of money whatever those are relative to your financial circumstances you're just gonna go oh the money showed up oh boy i just love my cracked out son he's a great guy if you had a son you knew were, was 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 so severely into drugs that his teeth were rotting out of his mouth and he was funneling you cash and dealing with shady business people, some goons from Ukraine, you know, nasty kind of oligarch types. You were getting money, and you, you just be like willfully ignorant to it. I, I mean, blind spot? It's absurd, right? I could take the statement apart so many different ways, but I really do. I'm telling you, I really do think that the media is beginning to worry. And the... I mentioned this earlier in the program, and I, I, I need to drive this point home. It's so important. The deep state Justice Department people, the FBI agents, all the people that are complicit in helping Biden put a lid on all of this are now getting very worried that it's going to blow up and hurt them. So the parallel discussion, whether it's being had openly in a big group or small groups, more likely small groups amongst individuals, friends, longtime colleagues, etc. The calculus that is going right now is something along the lines of this. At what cost to ourselves do we continue to hold water for this guy? 
meaning Joe Biden, and I think by extension, Hunter. Because the, I, I still read the idea of Weiss being put into the role, David Weiss being put in the special counsel role for which he's not qualified per the U.S. Code requires people to be come from outside of the government entirely, can't be an employee, current, current staff member of the U.S. government, so, and, and certainly not somebody of the, in the DOJ. So I, I'm only bringing this up because, again, I'm driving this point. Again, those of you who weren't listening earlier in the program, uh, this is this, the, I, the, why did they put him in to this position? Well, I, I mean, uh, one th- I'm certainly th- we could think that it's to protect Joe Biden, okay, but also to protect themselves, to keep this tidy. And to create so much pressure on Biden that he goes away and gets the Republicans off of his back, which are the, you know, the, the only independent investigative, investigative body right now who's going to bring any kind of accountability. And the clock is ticking because they're going full speed ahead. The last people you would want to be right now, the absolute last people you'd want to be is not just Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. But the last people you want to be right now, I'm telling you, are, are, are the, the folks in the DOJ and everybody who's complicit in hiding this and covering up for this. Because the media is beginning to crack. They're beginning to wonder who's, the, who's going to take the first step and, and, and stab at this because this isn't going away. And the rest of it just starts crumbling like a house of cards. All right, folks, I'll see you here tomorrow. Debate tomorrow night. Uh, and then my response is on Thursday. It's going to be a busy week. Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840 KXMT. Love to always be with you. Have a wonderful day. I'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.